Hi, my name is Rich Brown. I hope this finds you well. Uh, this podcast is going to be a little different today as it is not an actual uh, recording of a sermon done live, but rather is a re-recording of a recent message that I had the privilege of sharing with uh, a small group of pastors and church planters in the Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. Uh, we had gathered on January the 12th just recently to uh, meet for assessment in regard to a new church plant that is being uh, born in the heart of Williamsburg, Virginia, uh, with plans to even reach beyond the greater Williamsburg area, um, heading up all the way to Richmond, Virginia. Uh, that is a place that is very much in need of the gospel. And so just a week ago, I had the privilege of delivering this message uh, to these church planters and pastors. And today I want to uh, re-record this message as it was not recorded at that time. Uh, I would like to basically share this word of encouragement, though, with you all, as I imagine many of you are, of course, mindful of the ministry of the church and desiring as well to be those who shepherd and serve the church with all your might as we seek to love our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I hope that this word of encouragement from 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18, is of specific encouragement to you. I'd like to go ahead and invite you to turn with me, though, to 2 Corinthians 4, as we first read through the whole chapter here before diving into today's passage. 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 1, says the following, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. And so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all 
comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Dear friends, even friends at a distance, this word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it is given to us in love. So I'd like to invite you now to uh, pray with me as we invite the Lord to speak into our hearts, even as this short message is given to us now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to hear your word uh, read over us. We ask, O oh God, that in this short time together that we would, um, even at a distance, be uh, blessed not just by the reading of your word, but also by the delivering of your word through this message. We ask, O oh God, that it would do a tremendous work in our hearts to spur us on in our own individual ministries, wherever we might be um, listening in from. And we ask that your glory would be revealed to us um, as your word enlivens our hearts and as the Spirit does his work in us through this word delivered. So we ask this in your holy name. Amen. Well, friends, today I'd like to provide a, a brief word of encouragement with you, specifically, again, as I mentioned earlier, from 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. Now, many of us, of course, even as I record this podcast, are listening from a good deal of distance away. But for the purpose of this podcast, I, I want it to be one in the same and unified in the sense that we all come from various diverse backgrounds even here. My desire is that our purpose would be to seek the Lord's will in matters of his kingdom as we consider these words from 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Now, as people like myself who are involved in the ministry, you yourselves in whatever case you might be coming from, if we are believers, we know that our desire is to see the kingdom of grace extend to more and more people, just as our text was saying. Why? So that it might increase our own praise and thanksgiving, which is all due to the glory of God's name. See, week in and week out, so many of us, I'm sure, lead and serve others in terms of our worship and our glorification of God through both our words and our conduct both directly and indirectly. But oftentimes, if you're like me, your thankfulness or enjoyment of God can so easily become stifled by the afflictions that you may face in this life. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to assure you, even in this very moment, that no matter the hardships that you may be facing, our God does not want you to lose heart. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, we find that our Savior, Jesus Christ himself, is expressly interested in our own spiritual well-being. I know for many of us, that may come as a shock or a surprise to us that Jesus is interested in our spiritual well-being. But he proved as much in the Gospel of Luke when he gave to his disciples, for instance, the parable of the widow. Uh, the widow who persisted even in the face of injustice, who cried out day by day by day to an unjust ruler that he might show mercy and justice toward her. And Jesus gave the disciples this parable of the persistent widow so that they themselves who followed him would not lose heart and that they would not live in a state of constant defeat and discouragement 
as he would eventually send them out to minister to those in their midst. We see the same theme of not losing heart in other places in Scripture, namely Galatians and Ephesians and 2 Thessalonians, all in which the Apostle Paul instructed believers with that same root word, the word in the Greek that has to do with not growing weary, even in the face of opposition, while doing good. And here in 2 Corinthians 4, both in verse 1 and verse 16, we find that the only way that we can be men and women of God who do not lose heart is when we live in view of God's sovereignly administered, everyday new mercies. Now, nearly every day, speaking of daily routines and habits, I take my chocolate lab named Baxter outside for a brisk 15-minute walk. At this time of the year, it's very cold outside when he likes to go out there. But my dog lives for this moment. See, I end up working from the house most every day. And yet, out of necessity, I'll normally have to crate him by the mid-afternoon, just so I'm able to be freed up from distractions and him constantly wanting my attention every few moments or so. Now, of course, when I began crating him around 2 p.m. or so, he used to absolutely hate being crated. He probably saw it as some kind of affliction or turmoil that I was putting him through. But nowadays, he knows full well that his crating is only temporary. See, as soon as dusk arrives, his internal alarm clock seems to just go off. He becomes all fidgety right around me, and he excitedly begs me to take him outside and just run free and run loose. And of course, as his owner, it's a delight to do so. See, I personally get just as much enjoyment out of seeing my dog Baxter run free and chase balls and fetch huge sticks as much as he does doing those things himself. Friends, I believe that such is the case with our God, who is not just our Lord and our Master, but who calls us friends. And such is the case, especially with his mercy that he extends toward us through Christ. See, if you are in Christ, he delights in you. And he anticipates the day of his glory when our afflictions are gone, in which we will be free from the bondage of sin and all of those afflictions that we face more than we ourselves long for that day. And the proof of this is that he has given us a foretaste of this eternal glory well in advance, even here in our own passage. See, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 tells us that our outer self is indeed wasting away. But here is the key. Our inner self is being renewed how often? Day by day. See, in other words, the gradual effects of sin upon our life do run deep. (laughs) The stressors and the anxieties that we face in this life end up making their appearance in our own literal physical complexion in no time. We can see these things riddled all over our face. Our outward dispositions are even so easily determined by the things upon which our minds become fixated. When we are afflicted, we bear it in our own bodies. Our countenance becomes either raised or lowered by the treatment that we receive from others around us. But God's mercies... His mercies, which are bound up in his unchanging heart and his countenance toward us, have been made manifest in the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ. And so the light of Christ's radiance is the very life source that our souls were made to behold 
and glean our strength from. And every time that we take a moment to feed intentionally upon the riches of Christ on a day-by-day basis, we find that the heaviness that we carry in our souls, the cares of this world, and the undue pressures that we even place upon our own selves all become lightened by the gospel washing itself over us. As 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, this light momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory, and catch this, beyond all comparison. Literally the word hyperbole in the Greek. See, like my dog Baxter, who dreams of running freely at just the right time each day, When the brilliant blue sky becomes increasingly desaturated and the yellowish hues of the sun's light overhead cast an orange incandescence, so our waiting for the full unbridled experience of God's mercy and goodness whets our own spiritual appetites in anticipation of the eternity that we have with him in store. But the thing about God's mercy here in our passage is that it is said to make inroads in the most curious of ways. See, it tells us that his mercy attends us in the midst of our afflictions. The invisible acts of God, the Holy Spirit, who daily applies the joy of knowing Christ our Savior, breaks into our lives through the things that are visible. And so it's as we experience hardship and trial, heaviness and trauma, both in the ministry and even in our own personal lives, that our communion with God becomes all the more enlivened. Friends, we need only read people such as the Puritans to see how this occurs in the normalcy of everyday life, or to hear the stories of fellow pastors or those in the ministry who have suffered so much for Christ and yet have found him to be worth the cost of it all, all to know with assurance the faithfulness of God to those who suffer for his sake. And so brothers and sisters, those who serve Christ in all of your various ways represented here even, know that the temptation for each one of us is to live day by day, just merely seeking to make it through just one more heavy-hearted lay counseling session with a fellow church member or to deal with dreaded crises that arise within our own lives, or even grave losses that we all face in our own ways. But our God has invited us to recognize that it is in our work, even when the gospel seems veiled to those whom we love and serve, that he invites us to drink all the more deeply of the water of life, the once crucified, the yet alive forevermore Son of God, the mercy of God by name, Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you to know this merciful Jesus all the more today. Welcome his mercy into your own patterns of thought and inner dialogue. Let his mercy lead you to feast upon him by prayer and the word. And finally, Proclaim in your words and deeds his mercy to his people. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.